Welcome everyone once again to to Reedy Branch Baptist Church on this wonderful Mother's Day. We want to thank you for tuning in and and be, uh, sharing with us here on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Again, we do want to say happy Mother's Day. For you who are celebrating with your mothers, I pray that you'll have a joyful day. And even for you who are struggling with this being the first Mother's Day without your mother, we pray that God just blesses you with, with many wonderful memories of your mother. The word, it won't be a day of sadness, but it'll be a day of, of peace, a day of laughter. A day of joy. Well, we're going to look today in the book of Luke. In Luke's gospel, chapter 1, we're going to look in verses 39 through 45. And we're going to see through Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mother, Zacharias' wife. We're going to look through her lens today. And as we look at her, we're going to see what it's like to be a God-filled mother. A spirit-filled mother. As you're turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45, just want to share this quote from Elizabeth Elliot. She stated, Mother, a quiet servant of necessity, doing the work no one would notice or thank her for, no one, that is, except him to whom it could be offered as a daily sacrifice of love. Oh, I've, I've come to understand that if you have a mother who daily sacrificed for you, it wasn't so much sacrifice to her, but it was an act of love. And if you had a godly mother, a mother who was filled with the spirit of God, that love was shown to you on a regular basis. And, and we must thank our God for the mother that he has given us. Well, as we begin to think about this, this thought of being a spirit-filled mother. As we want to look at some characteristics of that, I want to share two of, you, two of them with you today from the scriptures. As we look here in this passage, in Luke's gospel, chapter 1, 39 through 45, the Bible says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into a hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Oh, what wonderful words from this mother, Elizabeth. Pray with me, would you? God, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for your love that you have shared and shown upon us. And God, we just thank you for mothers. For those mothers who have nurtured and cared for and, and done so much to prove their love to their children. God, we thank you for them. And those mothers who shared God, 
shared your son, Jesus Christ, shared a commitment to him and put that commitment on display. God, we want to thank you even more. God, for without godly mothers, this world would be in a mess. So thank you, God, for loving us enough to give godly mothers in this world. So now, God, we pray that if there's any mothers with us that is listening to this service that don't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, those mothers who are not a spirit-filled mother, God, we pray that today would be a day that they call out to you. Today, we pray that they would become the spirit-filled mother that their children need. And God, we'll give you praise for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we begin to approach this text, we find Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. Now, at this time, Mary has just found out that she is pregnant. And this visit with Elizabeth, it turns out to be one memorable visit. The Bible tells us in verse 39 that Mary went in haste. Now, the word haste here, it means that she didn't waste any time. Instead, Mary was going in haste simply means that she rose up and she went with purpose. Now, many of us know what that's like. And, and what I mean is we've, we've been places and we've, we've traveled just where we was not in haste at all. We traveled where we were just taking a leisure a leisurely ride, a time when, when we were maybe riding around and, and before we know it, cars are flying by. Maybe some are honking their horns at us. Some are, some are just going by looking at us with all sorts of looks and we realize we're going 10, maybe 15 miles under the speed limit. It's because we're just enjoying the scenery or we, we've got something on our mind and, and we're not out uh, for some specific purpose. Now, what we also know is that if we are going with purpose, if we are making haste, uh, people who are driving like I just described can irritate us because maybe we, we, we get behind someone who's just taking their time, taking a leisurely role, and we're on our way to work. Oh, it can be frustrating. Or we're on our way home from a long day at work. That can be frustrating. But being in haste, is, maybe we're on our way to a doctor's visit or we're on our way to even church. And we're slowed up by someone who's not making haste. And I want to tell you, we understand what it's like to be in a rush or, or to have purpose in what we're doing. And, and I think sometimes that... That affects me more than it should. I have a tendency to wait to the last minute and I find myself being having such a purpose to get somewhere that I'm I'm in such I'm making such haste that, that I can become uh, an irritant as a driver. And and I, I think here what we find is in that is that when we are when we have a purpose to to get somewhere, we don't want anything at all to get in our way. And I believe that's what the, the writer is trying to tell us, that Mary, she made hay. She was heading with purpose to Elizabeth's house, and she didn't want anything to distract her. She didn't want anything to get in her way. She had a purpose for going to this meeting. I, I don't know what that purpose really was. But with this being the case, with her having a, a purpose, there had to be a specific reason for going to visit with Elizabeth. Perhaps this single, unexpected mother-to-be needed encouragement 
from a familiar face. I can only imagine the looks and the, and the snide remarks that she was receiving from the people in the community. Maybe even her family as they were finding out that, that she was pregnant and she was unwed. Maybe she just needed someone that she knew who was pregnant. Someone who was pregnant of age. Someone that, that her pregnancy had to be God's actions taking place in her life. Maybe she needed someone like that to, to understand and to encourage her. We know that the angel spoke to Mary and told Mary that Elizabeth was six months pregnant. And Mary, maybe Mary just needed to hear from Elizabeth because she felt Elizabeth would understand. Well, with that being the case, she made haste to go to Elizabeth's home. And as soon as Mary entered Elizabeth's home and greeted her, in that very moment, God stepped in. Some things that were supernatural began to take place. According to the text, we find that, that there were three things that took place. First, that, that Elizabeth's baby that she was carrying leaped within her womb. Also, we find that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we find that she spoke out with a loud voice. Now, these things took place immediately upon the sound of Mary's voice. But we, what we want to notice today is how Elizabeth responded with these things taking place in her life. Now, what we notice first as we look in this passage is Elizabeth's humility. This spirit-filled woman... We see her humility. Elizabeth immediately, she, she submitted herself to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Once she was filled with the Spirit, she praised Mary. She acknowledged this young, get this, unwed mother-to-be was a blessing among all women. Listen, she was acknowledging that, that she was made aware that her baby leaping with joy when Mary walked in was that God had chosen Mary to bring into the world the Messiah. Mary was blessed not because of who Mary was, but Mary was blessed because she was chosen to, to be the mother of the child of God. She was, she was blessed because of the fruit of her womb. At this point, there is nothing in scripture that indicates that Elizabeth knew anything about Mary's pregnancy prior to Mary greeting her. But as soon as Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, she knew. Now, this is what I've been preaching for some time now. And that is that God reveals himself to us. It's when God reveals himself to us that he is calling us to be his own. Here, the Holy Spirit of God revealed that the Son of God would come through Mary, but the Holy Spirit of God came and filled Elizabeth because God the Father sent him. Well, how do we know that God sent the Holy Spirit? Well, John 14, 15 through 16, Jesus says these words. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit comes when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because God sends him to be with us. And in this moment, Jesus, through his mother, walks into Elizabeth's home. Elizabeth's baby leaps with joy and God sends his 
spirit to fill this mother. And her humility begins to show. Elizabeth demonstrated such a humble spirit of submission and love. Now get, now remember this, she's older. She's the wife of a priest. She's recognized by the world of being of, of a higher social class. She's somebody that is more honorable than this young woman who come into her home. But here, but here's Mary, a poor, unwed mother to be. Someone who's unrecognized by the world, but she's chosen by God to serve in a, a more special way than Elizabeth. And Elizabeth showed no envy. She showed no jealousy. She showed no hurt. She didn't reject. She didn't dismiss. She did not avoid Mary. Instead, she rejoiced in what God was doing and going to do in Mary's life. We're living in a society that, that has lost a sense of this kind of humility. Now, I'm speaking in general terms. Not specific terms, nor am I being all inclusive in this, but I, I want us to realize some things that, that things are much different than they were when I was a child. Now, every child who goes out for a, a, a sports team, he has to make the team. Every child who gets an opportunity has to get an opportunity to play. Every child has to receive a trophy because every mother and every father has to have an opportunity to applaud their own child. Often, not in every case, but often the most vicious activity a child can be involved in is pageants. In more cases than not, mothers who call themselves Christians can't cheer for a child that God may be gifted more than their own. You can find mothers who won't even speak to one another if they feel that another child is a threat to their own child receiving an award or winning a pageant. Many of you have watched the television show Dance Moms. Uh, uh, when this... Uh, when it was time for the coach or maybe the owner or the, the leader of this dance team to pick a lead for the upcoming contest, the mothers, they would go at each other's throat. Now, not the children, not the dancers, but the mothers who were trying to live out their lives through their daughters, they would go at each other's throat and they would do everything they can to make sure that their child was the lead. Even try to turn their children against the other children. Now, <laughs> every mother seems to be wanting to spotlight their own child. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I think that we should applaud our children. I, I believe that we should encourage our children. I believe that we should let our children know that they can accomplish anything in the world they set their mind to. But not at the expense of not showing Christian humility. If our child doesn't win the contest, doesn't win the pageant, doesn't win the lead role. No mother displaying jealousy, envy, or hurt because their child isn't coming in first is walking in the spirit. Instead, she has forsaken the leadership of the Holy Spirit and is walking after the flesh. She's allowing the lust of her eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life to rule and reign in her life. And you know what? I expect this kind of behavior from the world, but I don't expect it from the house of God. I don't expect it from those who profess to be born again Christians. 
We are to be different in this world. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. King James declares that we are a peculiar people. We are to be different than the world. How are we to be different? Philippians 2, 3, 3, 4, 3 through 4, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look look out, look at not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know what I, I, I'm thankful for? I'm really thankful for that in my time as pastor here at Reedy Branch, that I'm so glad that every pageant girl that's come through our church, I've never heard a report of one of our parents failing to show humility, whether they win or whether they lose. And I'm so glad to be able to say that. Every pastor can't say that. But I'm so glad to be able to say that. And I pray this is a continued trend. I pray that, that mothers... And I, I don't have a problem with pageants. I don't have a problem with sporting events. I don't have a problem with those things. Just when we allow our children to participate, let's remember why they're participating so that they can enjoy the opportunity. Don't make it such a contest that it's a dread or that you fail to display that you are a spirit-filled mother or even a spirit-filled father. Here we see Elizabeth's humility on display. She humbles herself and she calls this young, poor, unwed mother to be blessed among all women. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful way to encourage this young woman. But also we see in this passage Elizabeth's honor. Now, Elizabeth honored Mary's unborn child. She confessed him to be her Lord. The Holy Spirit revealed that Mary's baby boy was the son of the Most High God. And Elizabeth knew God had given her this son that she was carrying. And God had a great purpose for him. Now, get this. She calls Mary's child her Lord. Now, the Bible makes it very clear that... Elizabeth's son would be great. As a matter of fact, Luke 1, 13 through 17. If we look there, the Bible says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will re rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This is declared to Elizabeth about her child. But when Mary walks in, she doesn't even mention 
her child. As a matter of fact, this is a child that is so special. Jesus says in Matthew 11 and 11, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. John would become a great man. But he's not Jesus. <laughs> John 1, 26 and 27, John says, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who comes, who is coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. In John 1 and 29, John says the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yes, Elizabeth, while being pregnant with a child who would be great, she and he honored the child that Mary was going to bring into the world because she knew he would be greater. <laughs> Here we see Elizabeth's confession. Now, her confession is that he is her Lord. So she makes this personal. So there's, the scripture doesn't give evidence that she ever told John about Mary's baby. But in this confession, it appears that it really encouraged Mary. Now, I, I'm not one for titles. Many are going around calling themselves prophets. But the truth is, there's no new revelation today. We have the word of God, and that's God's word for his people while we're here on earth. However, I do believe that God is working in our lives. And sometimes while working in our lives, he will send somebody by to affirm what he's doing or what he's wanting to do through us. But I want to encourage you with this. If someone says that God told me to tell you, and God hasn't told you, Take the rest of what they're saying with less than a grain of salt. Here, Elizabeth, she also proclaimed that because of Mary's faith, she would receive the promise of God. Oh, don't you see that right there in, in verse 45? Blessed is she who believed, and for there would be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Yes, she is, tell, she is saying because, Mary, you believed and you have accepted God's word upon your life, then you're going to receive all the promises that God has declared. Well, what had God promised, Mary? Well, if you look in Luke 31 through 33, we begin to see the promises that God shared with Mary. He said, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth the son and you shall call his name Jesus. Here's the promises. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. Oh, what great encouragement that Mary is receiving from Elizabeth to hear that, to hear this because she believed and she accepted God's will for her life that she would receive all these promises. To see the Mary, this mother honor another mother, it's obvious that she had submitted to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So let me encourage you today, all you children, teenagers, singles, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, 
wherever you fall, know that if you believe the word of God and accept the word of God, you can receive all the promises of God. What does this mean? It means that, that the, the word of God says to us most assuredly, I say to you, that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the Bible's telling you, unless you become saved, unless you become born again, you will never see the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us in John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is telling you that if you would accept his son, believe and accept him, then you can have eternal life. And there are more promises to go with that. What promises? If you receive the gospel, the word of God, if you receive the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he died a sinner's death, he died to forgive you of your sins, and he arose on the third day to give you victory over the grave, the Bible declares there are promises that belong to us. Psalm 46, these are just a few promises, not all. The Bible's filled from from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's filled with promises, but just a few. Psalm 46, he promises to be your refuge and a present help in a troubled time. In John 14, he promises to give you his peace, a peace the world doesn't give, so you won't have to be afraid or be troubled. Isaiah says that, that he will not let the rivers overflow you, nor will he let the fire burn you. In 2 Corinthians, he tells us his grace is sufficient. In 1 Corinthians, he tells us death has no sting and the grave has no victory. In Revelation, he promises that he's going to make all things new. And if you believe God's word and accept God's word for your life, these promises belong to you. With these few promises God offers to us if we believe his word, which is his son. For his son is his word made flesh. But if you refuse the son, then you are refusing his word. So today, my question to you today, on this Mother's Day 2020, are you going to reject the son of God or are you going to be blessed because you believed and accepted him and his will for your life oh the choice is yours and if you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior I invite you to pray with me if you're truly ready to stop living beneath your privilege if you're truly ready to be a child of God, just, just pray along with me. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he lived a sinless life. And I believe he died for my sins. God, I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And God, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. God, thank you for saving me. Help me, God, to share with this world that Jesus is my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. 
This simple prayer, I believe, is enough for you to be saved. And if you believe with your, all your heart, and you're ready to confess this with your mouth, then you are saved. How about confessing it with us? How about putting in, our com- in, in the comments below on the Facebook or on our YouTube page? How about inboxing us on Facebook? How about sharing in some way that you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior today? And we'll celebrate with you. Oh, God wants to bless you. And he wants you to be a blessing to your children. And to your future children. So why not? On this Mother's Day. Make it a memorable day. Let the power of the Holy Spirit fill you. And not only will he fill you, but he'll teach you to be that humble person who's being led by the Spirit of God who will honor God in all that God is doing. Would you today? Would you today? Oh, we want to thank you again for being with us. We, Reedy Branch, we pray that soon and very soon we'll be able to be together in, in each other's presence. But until then, we pray that God continues to bless each one of you. Pray with me. God, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you, God, for how you've taken care of us through this time. Now, God, help us. Help us, God, to continue to be the people you would have us to be, to be a light in our communities, and to God to forever bless your name. Oh, we call upon you this day, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.